Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the new and improved Cup of Cubby Blue, proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network. Be sure that you are following at Fans First SN on social media so you never miss an episode from any of our affiliates. Uh, and that new podcast partner will bring you not only Cup of Cubby Blue like our previous years, but also Sun Ranto and more content that Danny and I will be working on with our amazing friends, Allison Mitchell, who you probably know as Infield Fly Girl and Michael Cotton. We are super stoked. And hopefully, you were if you were already subscribed, you're still subscribed to the new show. But if you were not subscribed, give us a follow. Uh, search for Bleacher Bunch wherever you get your podcasts, and you should find us there. And if you can't find us for some reason, let us know where you can't find us, and we'll make sure that you can find us in time for opening day. Opening day is just around the corner. We are mere hours away from seeing Cubs baseball for the first time, and I am pretty stoked about it. We're going to have a lot of great Cubs coverage for you. Cannot wait for the season to start. I am Sarah Sanchez. I write about how taking batting practice at Wrigley Field is magical and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? It's going great. I've got Bleacher Bum Band rehearsal tonight. We're getting ready for our first show of the season at Output Lounge. Uh, that's going to happen post-game. And uh, right like right after the game's over on opening day, we're, it's a free show. And and I, I couldn't be more excited. We got a new drummer, uh, t- Tony... We, we don't know what to call him yet. We're thinking Tony Two Toms. Uh, I was calling him Tony Terrific for a while, but he's got lots of uh, great possibilities. Uh, Tony just, like, that name just kind of uh, lends itself to nicknames, I think. So I'm super psyched. I loved watching you take BP yesterday and taking shots of that um, yesterday at Wrigley Field. And I uh, won, won some tickets from a scratch-off, so I'll probably get some free tickets for a rainy April 13th thursday at some point or tuesday um yeah i'm just i'm psyched you know i'm ready it's that point in spring training for about the last week where i haven't really cared about spring training um and and any of the games because they're just kind of you know i'm ready for it to count and i'm ready for it to be real and um no i'm 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 excited i know you are too and let's get this show on the road yeah, I'm super stoked about it. Uh, thanks so much for coming out and hanging out with us. Uh, the batting practice thing was wildly cool. I, um, In case you are not reading along at the site, I was one of the fortunate members of the media who got to take batting practice ahead of the play for opening day event that the Cubs put on in conjunction with a bunch of sponsors, uh, notably Budweiser at Wrigley Field on Monday. And it was, it was amazing. Um, fans lined up at noon, down the block, uh, all the way down Clark, down Addison, 
and they were looking for a chance, a shot that they might get to take batting practice on the field. 50 lucky fans were able to do that. But before the fans came on the field, a handful of media members, Cub celebrities, um, Miguel Esparza, who's the uh, Spanish language voice of the Cubs, Cole Wright from Marquee Sports Network, Tony Andraki from Marquee Sports Network, our friend Michael Bowling, who does like the Cubs YouTube channel, um, Jeremiah Peprocki, the Cubs PA announcer. We all got to take batting practice. Jeremiah announced all of us like we were celebrities. It was so fun. <laughs> There's never been anything cooler than walking to home plate at Wrigley Field, as Jeremiah Peprocki said. And now Sarah Sanchez from Bleed Cubby Blue. I just... Really grateful to the Cubs and Bleed Cubby Blue for the opportunity. I will cherish that memory literally forever. And honestly, I don't know about you, Danny, but there was just something fun about being on the field and you're supposed to be there. Like you just get to hang out. Like you and I were hanging out in the dugout a little bit, doing our best Joe Madden and playing around with the bullpen phone and uh, just having a good time. And, and it was a blast. Thank you to everyone who made that happen. Yeah, very cool stuff. I mean, I've been on Wrigley Field before a few times, and now there's so many opportunities with like Winter Wonderfest, but this is different because it was baseball related. And uh, no, that was fun. You even made some contact. You did almost kill a cameraman, but <laughs> that's okay. They I told someone right after I came off the field, and I forget who, I can't remember if it was Ariana or if it was Emma or who it was, but um, that striking out at Wrigley Field is a 10-10 experience because all of my contact was foul balls and, and I whipped once. So I definitely struck out in batting practice, but it was it was still a blast. And my apologies to that poor cameraman. He got out of the way, luckily. You know who <laughs> did great, though, is Cole Wright. He just could really smoke him. And the wind was blowing in. So. I think Cole had some home runs if the wind was blowing out. Like the wind definitely took some some long balls away from Cole. He was hitting with a wood bat too. Yeah. He's a big dude. And and John Benedict took uh, his BP with uh, the organ player at Wrigley. If you don't know, um, he took it with a wooden bat because he just, he, cause he wanted the sound. And I'm like, that's a musician for you. It's like, he's, he doesn't want no dink dink. He's like, what's that crack of the bat? And I, I respect that. I used to use a wooden bat when I could in little league, just cause that's what the Cubs used. You know, I didn't want to use a metal bat cause the Cubs didn't use metal bats. That's some, some college stuff. And, I'm, I didn't even go to college. So, <laughs> no, uh, it was very, what a cool event. Uh, Michael Cerami struck out to start it, but he had a little warning track shot as well, which was pretty impressive. I didn't know he could do that. I don't think he knew he could do that, to be honest. I don't think he did either. That was a nice hit, honestly. And again, with the wind blowing in. So nice, nice job, Cerami. Yeah, it was, it was fun, man. That was a great time. I honestly... I, I I can't even put into words like I wrote this piece about it. And the whole time I was like, I'm, I'm struggling to adequately convey how exciting this was. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I, I'm only sad. I mean, I snuck in, you know, you got me in because we just kind of talked my way in to the thing. But uh, I was not on the list to hit. So it was good. I didn't have to embarrass myself in front of all those people. But I'm going to uh, be honest. I, I I mean, I didn't do very well. I I can swing a bat a little bit but not with seven pitches and like in that moment I just didn't do very well um but the at that particular moment I didn't even care I was just like striking out at Wrigley Field is a 10-10 experience absolutely would do again please invite me back <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, I think they do it every year I, I know Joe Johnson from Obvious Shirts he was hitting he did pretty well too and um he did it last year so I think they're just gonna have people back every year maybe next year I'll hit who knows yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do some practice. We'll head over to Sluggers and do some batting practice before 
next time so that so that I can put on a slightly better show. Uh, opening day is just around the corner. And if you don't have opening day plans yet, what are you even doing? I am super bummed because I will not be in Chicago for opening day. My day job is going to take me to Dallas. And so I will be watching the Cubs from afar, just like most of you. Um, I will also be watching all of the teams. We at Fans First Sports Network have a ton of great opening day coverage for you. So make sure you're subscribed to the Fans First Sports Network MLB feed. Make sure you're subscribed to the Fans First Sports Network fantasy feed where I have a fantasy baseball show over there. There's going to be a t- like wall-to-wall baseball coverage from some of your favorite SB Nation types and friends. Make sure that you have a plan. Danny, I know you have a plan here in Wrigleyville that I am super bummed to miss. What are y'all doing on opening day at Output? Yeah, we're we're gonna rock out. You know, the the game will probably be over by three thirty, given the new pitch clock rules. I was gonna and, say three. Yeah, like, exactly. Hour and fifty seven minutes. Let's go. So, uh, yeah. So the Bleacher Bums are gonna uh, play the ble- uh, some uh, Cubs rock, and we got a good set for you. Me, Bleacher Jeff, Jarrett, uh, Two Tom, Tony, and uh, we're gonna be rocking. It's a free show, so there's no excuse to not come. It's at Output. They've got awesome wings, um, and beer. And other kinds of drinks that you might enjoy. So it's just going to be an awesome day. Opening day, you know, the as the obvious shirt says, opening day is a holiday, and uh, it just is, you know. And it's and it's so exciting to to celebrate in this way with music and every. I mean, people are usually pretty hammered too because they start drinking at about nine a.m. So the more you drink, the better we sound. So come on by, and uh, I'm also going to go. I think. Um, what's the name of the place uh the trailer park or something like that no country club and uh it's uh, like a western themed bar that's what i call it oh i do know where that i was like what are you talking about i know exactly where that is up the street on clark try to stop by cody del mendo and the chuggo people chgo people they're throwing a little pre uh game party over there so i was going to stop by there maybe say hello to those guys and uh you know, just I, I just love seeing everybody's going to be around. And I love seeing everybody. It was kind of like how yesterday was, which was just like hadn't seen anybody, everybody since Cubs Con. And then we all get back together for this. And it's just very cool. And I, I can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be an awesome show where we got rehearsal tonight and just going to rock out the set a few times. And then it just feels good to be back. You know, it's so it's long. It hasn't been a great start to the year. So I'm just looking forward to, you know, things, things looking up. Yeah, baseball season always makes me optimistic, although I should say that we were just doing like a Bleed Cubby Blue roundtable discussing what we think is going to happen this season. And we can just jump right into it. We can start there. I honestly, Danny, I am the most pessimistic of the masthead writers of Bleed Cubby Blue about this team. I think the projection systems are absolutely right that this is a 74 or 75 win team. I just don't really think that Cody Bellinger is fixed or like, you know, Dansby Swanson is going to be so incredible that it's going to make up for Wilson Contreras plus more. I don't have a lot of faith in Eric Hosmer having a bounce back season. I'm bummed that Seiya Suzuki is on the IL to start the season. I am, I am very excited about Jamison Tyon sweeper. And I think that, you know, Hayden Wisniewski making the rotation is really cool. I think there's a bazillion question marks in the bullpen. I'm just, I don't know. I see this team at 75 wins, I see them finishing third. I would not be shocked at all if they were out of it at the All-Star break and Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, Marcus Stroman, a bunch of guys who are on the last year of their deals were not here for the last half of the season. And and I'm just being real with y'all. That's what I see from the Chicago Cubs team. Danny, what about you? 
yeah, I mean, they're obviously still in rebuild mode. And even if this year it looks more like a real baseball team than, let's say, uh, last year's team or the current Oakland A's squad, I don't know if you saw what they're breaking camp with, but it was pretty ridiculous. Um, you know, just a bunch of no names, people you've never heard of. Um, and, and um, yeah, I mean, I just don't foresee them um, scoring a lot of runs is, the, I think, the issue. I think that the – well, the bullpen's improved. Their starting rotation is quite improved over last year. So I, I looked it up. I, it's 17 starting pitchers the Cubs used last year. That's up from 12 in 2021. It's got so it's got to be better than that, right? So it, it's. I mean, I don't think we're using 17 start. If we use 17 starting starting pitchers this year, something went horribly, horribly wrong. And so you know, I I do see a, a situation where the team is improved. Um, but probably just, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a the a floor of, you know, or even a ceiling of, you know, anywhere between 78 and 83 wins kind of thing. You know, just like give or take a few games over over or under 500 is probably what it'll be. And the, I think a lot of the issue is that you got to face the rest of the league this year. You don't have as many games against the Pirates and the Reds and, and some of the weaker teams in our division to, to beat up. You got to play all of the powerhouse teams. And, uh, you know, then you look at the National League. I mean, there's some real powerhouses. You know, it's the haves and the haves nots, as it has been for a bit now. But you got the Padres just spending out out the wazoo. You still got the Phillies who are going to, you know, be right there from, you know, they had been spending money. Then you've got the Mets. So there's three teams right there that you got to, that's 21 of your games at, at, at the very least. Then the Dodgers are never slouches. And, you know, it's just like you look around and having to face all those teams, plus all the AL teams who, um, you know, the central is probably the weakest amongst all the, divisions in baseball. So maybe if the Cardinals falter, you could do something, um, whether it be through injury or, you know, just didn't play as, I mean, they just added Wilson Contreras. They just added a real high energy power bat. Like they've already, already been an incredibly defensive team. That's what we've become. We're probably best at the middle, but like, I mean, you know, pitching defense, sure, that wins ball games, but, you know, you're not going to win games zero to negative one. <laughs> you can't well, take runs off the board, you know. And they didn't just add Wilson Contreras. They also add, like, they put Jordan Walker on the major league squad. Jordan Walker is getting called up from double A. He is a fantastic prospect. They got to see him in the Arizona Fall League. And in fact, the last time I saw Jordan Walker play a baseball game, he was standing on second when Matt Mervis, the MVP of the Fall Stars game hit a home run to drive both of them in. And meanwhile, Jordan Walker has made the Cardinals and is there to like play outfield and give their offense a boost and like be part of the everyday experience. And Matt Mervis is in Iowa for hashtag reasons so that Eric Hosmer can play games at first base. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know how you look at the Cubs and the Cardinals and think that the Cubs are going to be competitive with the Cardinals. Like I really don't see it even a little bit at all. Maybe if I squint, and see the Cardinals pitching like truly, truly faltering. But it, even then, it doesn't seem that likely to me. But I don't know. The Brewers look kind of improved, too. It's just like this looks like a that's going to be a replay of 2022. The Cardinals and the Brewers are going to battle it out at the top of the division. The Cubs are going to be a distant third out of it by Memorial Day. And the Pirates and Reds are not going to be very good. 
Yeah, a lot's got to go right for this team, and you know, I the pitching it, it's pretty good. Like one, you you're hoping Steele builds on what he did last year, just kind of emerged as a real weapon and a real tool. Uh, you added Tyone, you re-signed Drew Smiley, who actually I don't expect a lot of innings out of, but then you're you're adding like a Javier Assad, uh, some and Keegan Thompson as long men. Uh, Adbert Alzali, I'll add to that uh, list as long men out of the pen. So you've got some depth there. Um, I really like our pitching, but when you look at the the starting lineup, you have you know some contact bats, but you don't have a whole lot of pop. I guess you could put Patrick Wisdom as your pop. Maybe Edwin Rios, although that's not tried and true yet. Um, but because you're going to need, you can get on base with this team, but you got to drive in some runs, and um, you know, yeah, and that's going to take some slug, some doubles banging off the wall, and you just don't have a lot of dudes. And it, and especially like if you're going to break camp with somebody like Nick Madrigal instead of Christopher Morrell, which is happening, um, you know, you know, it's just like that dude's not going to ever hit a ball to the warning track ever. Like, it's just not what's going to happen. And so if you're going to go into the season, like a guy like Christopher Morrell, granted, he strikes out too much, but they're going to but they're not going to play him every day. They're going to play Nick Madrigal every day, you know, and let Morrell ride the bus. And it's like if you really needed that slug help, you break with Morrell. Like I'm so time. frustrated. With I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm so frustrated Look. with the Morel Madrigal, Mastroboni, Mastroboni. Oh. I was going to say McKinstry, but but we we hardly need Zach McKinstry. Zach McKinstry is headed to the Guardians. The Cubs traded him for Tigers. uh for what? Tigers. He's at the Tigers. Oh, the Tigers. Tigers. You're right. No, yeah. sorry. You're right. Uh, and I cannot remember who they traded him for. Some pitching Carlos Guzman. Carlos Guzman. So see you later, Zach McKinstry. You I. I, we hardly knew you. Um, yeah. The Thank whole, God. but the whole like morale, magical, masturbony situation really just drives me bonkers because I, they're just not comparable players. Now I can understand. And I think this, I think and hope and pray this is what the Cubs are doing. Christopher Morrell has a shot to be an above average major league starting player. If he can get the strikeout rate down under 30%. And at the moment, it's not there. It's closer to the 40, 50% range. He's, you know, looking a little bit overmatched against some major league pitching. He did skip AAA last year. So maybe the thought is that you send him to AAA, he does some of the work that he skipped last year and comes back. Maybe he, ha you know, does like an Ian Happ. Ian Happ went back to AAA. Kyle Schwarber went back to AAA. Anthony Rizzo went back to AAA. Um, that makes sense to me. And I hope that is the plan. Because otherwise, this is just an uninspired lineup to me. I'm, I, I do not want to see Nick Madrigal take 400 plate appearances. I, I just don't. I'm sorry. I, I'm not interested in those 400 plate appearances. I'm not interested in watching him play third base. I'm not interested in watching him, God forbid, DH. I'm just not. I'm not interested. Well, he seems like Tommy Lestelle. It should just be a bench bat that gets on base when you need him, and that would be it. His, the knock on him has always been the defense. You got him to be a second baseman. Now you're forcing him over at third. Meanwhile, you've got other guys that can play third. I mean, Patrick Wisdom's no slouch over there. You just signed Edwin Rios. He can do it. You, you, you're breaking with three catchers. You got Luis Torrance. He can play third. Like, you've got all these dudes that can play <laughs> over there, and yet you, you're just going to have starting uh, – you're going to have magical start. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Miles Matrimony could start over there, I think. You know, he could play third too. I mean, you just have all these dudes that could do it, but you're like, no, nah, we're doing magical, and it doesn't make any sense. 
to me. Um, yeah. And it's just, and Morel's like your guy too. Like, you know, if you look around at um, this team, very few of them were on the Cubs last year. Dansby Swanson, not on the Cubs. <laughs> you know, Trey Mancini, not on the Cubs. Cody Bellinger, not on the Cubs. Eric Hosmer, not on the Cubs. Rios, not on the Cubs. Cubs. Tucker Barnhart, Luis Torrens, not on the Cubs. Miles Mastroboni on the Rays. Like, you know, Tyone, I mean, this is just like, I mean, a total retool, like, it's they redid the team like it's like we moved to a different house it seems like you know so it's like we moved to the suburbs danny and i hate the suburbs like i feel like they took all of the players i care about who are exciting and fun and interesting about the city and they moved us to like des plains and frankly just no offense to any listeners in des plains but i don't want to live there yeah so, and, and especially with the drop-off offensively, I mean, you basically have pitchers hitting again by putting Tucker Barnhart in this lineup, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you might as well. You might have some better – Stroh might be a better hitter. I, no, I don't think he is, but like uh, – he might, he might be. Uh, actually, let's, let's pause on that because I do want to talk about this catching situation. I do want to talk about the pitching situation. I want to talk about the guys who have made the team. Hopefully, Christopher Morel is – retools refixes whatever his k situation whatever he needs to do and comes back soon i think he is one of the first guys who gets called up just because of his defensive flexibility but we'll see um however first we need to take a quick break for our sponsors on the flip side we've got more on cubs roster decisions who's in who's out what we think is going to happen uh with just a couple of days to go before opening day but first a quick break so uh you were talking about this catching situation it's not that I think that Christopher Morrell should have absolutely made the team. The K problem is real and it needs to be fixed. And I think I can make, I can see an argument for him fixing it in Iowa where he can get more playing time and can work on that. And also the Cubs are carrying three catchers ostensibly because they think that Luis Torrens gives them a better offensive option at catcher, considering that their starting catcher is Jan Gomes and their backup catcher is Tucker Barnhart. And I would just like to remind Jed Hoyer that the Cubs used to employ the best offensive catcher in the National League and let him go to the Cardinals for an eminently reasonable deal. So good job, Jed. You played yourself. Yeah, it's it's really weird because, I mean, at least uh, Luis Torrens – I mean, you only do this with three catchers if you have a real offensive catcher, not a it's guy. so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, here's here's a guy that last year had a 581 OPS with Seattle. 581 that's uh, that's on base plus slugging people yeah now that's not a lot of plate appearances only 166 the year before he had 346 uh at bats and he had a 730 ops that was his best year he had 15 home runs so i mean i don't know what i don't i don't understand he's younger than some of the other guys 26 um you know barnhart and gomes are veterans I mean, it's it, and he doesn't do anything. I mean, he he plays third and first, but you have a platoon at first. You have eight hundred third basemen. You you know, like I don't really understand. Like nothing against Luis Torrens, but like I don't really understand like why you're the dude. Like I thought you were. I thought the other reason he was in camp as a non roster invitee. I think that's why he was there. But um, I think the only reason he was in there is in case there was an injury to a catcher. You know, and you needed another guy because you remember when when the Cubs had a backup catcher problem, they didn't have one. 
Like, yeah, was when they had like to... nine backup catchers play behind Wilson Contreras before they finally settled on Robinson Chirinos. Yeah, yeah, g- exactly. So, um, you know, after they traded Victor Caratini as a throw in in the U Darvish deal for a bunch of teenagers, none of whom are looking likely to play in Major League Baseball still and yeah. probably will not until Owen Casey maybe gets a shot in 2024 or 2025. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be in my 50s already (laughs) i am the torrent situation is so maddening to me because i do not understand the rationale of this move at all i one of two things is going on either you're trying to win baseball games in which case you want to put your best team on the field to win the baseball games now in which case hosmer probably shouldn't be here mervis should torrents probably shouldn't be here morell should or You're trying to get your prospects ready to come up at some point in the future when you're going to be competitive. But then why are you trying to snow fans into believing that Hosmer and Torrens and Mike Tauchman and like. I think Tauchman's out. Oh, did Tauchman, is Tauchman out? Sorry, Mike Tauchman, I apologize. But like. Cubs sent out Mike Tuckman from big league camp. Oh, thank you. I missed that one. But like, seriously, Danny, like what, what is this? What is this roster? Like, I don't, it's uninspired. It is. No, I mean, there, there's just, there's a lot of holes. And, and, and I mean, and once again, I feel like the morale thing does make sense for the strikeout reason, but then why don't you do that with Patrick wisdom? Who is the same, you know, morale can hit you 20. Wisdom can hit you 20. They both have a lot of pop in the bat. And they and Patrick Wisdom was striking out at a 50% clip too. And you didn't send him down because you didn't have anybody else to play. <laughs> you had to have him up there. Um, Morell, you know, it's the seasoning thing, I think. You know, they just want him to give, give him a little more, bit more chance. But I don't see a scenario where, like, this team is so good that he's blocked at any of the positions he plays. <laughs> you know, like... He could play right field. He could, you know, he could play. Well, Suzuki's out, which it looks like he'll be back sooner or later. But thank he, God. Yeah, he can play right field. He can play third base. He can back up the infields. He could, you know, you you wish you could have that versatility. You're not going to get that with Luis Torrance or Eric Hosmer or, you know, maybe Miles Mastroboni's, you know, has a little bit more uh, infield outfield capability but you you just took mastroboni over morell i think those are i think that's who you're going with for your utility guy now instead and it just doesn't make too much sense to me um because it's not a competitive baseball team danny like is you cannot be giving at bats to miles mastroboni and luis torrens and be i'm sorry it's, it's laughable to have three catchers because you just need luis torrens not on your roster, you can't possibly lose him. He's going to be the DH. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be insane. You're like, DH like, that hits 28 with a slugging of 236. Yeah. It's like we've got, I mean, I mean I, and he doesn't even have speed. He's, you know, he's a catcher. <laughs> I don't think I know, was on the BCB hero. roundtable conversation earlier today, and we were we were talking about this. Somebody's like, Torrent, plus Torrance can hit, and he has, he has defensive flexibility. And I went and looked at it, and I'm like, dude, is like, negative 0.3 f4 for life and i no offense but like catchers get a war boost like i don't yeah oh my he God. is at an ops plus over 100 only one time in his career so bonkers. yeah and it's been around for a while so it's you already had veteran catchers now yet i mean i wouldn't call it Torrens uh 
a veteran, but um, he's been around since 2017. They started him out pretty early with San Diego, uh, 21 at age 21. So, it, it, and he was terrible. He had an OPS plus of 22. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about some better news. One guy who I've really liked watching this spring who does have some pop in his bat, and I'm glad he made the team, is Edwin Rios. Uh, Edwin Rios looks like he's got some serious power potential. I like him playing first base, third base, or designated hitter. I'm I, That is a smart roster decision to my mind. Great pickup by the Cubs. What do you think of Rios, Danny? Yeah, you needed a lefty too. So, I mean, you had no lefty pop at, at really at all. Except, well, Bellinger, I guess, if he can return to form, but that's a big what if. Um, so, uh, but yeah, you you needed the lefty pop and you don't, you just have no lefties on this team. Like, it's, it's like, it's got, it feels like the old days when they used to force lefties to be righties. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like the Cubs, you know, in the Catholic school, like forcing you lefty to write with their right hand because they think the left hand is from the devil. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, Edwin Rios, the Dodgers gave up on him. And, um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend he's, he's been good in his career. He's not a lot of experience, but, uh, you know, he, he's slash, he can, he's got the pop. He's got the home run ability. Um, he can slug it. The OBP is not really there for him. The batting average isn't there for him, but the slug is there. Well, and the K rate is definitely not there. I mean, this is another guy who strikes out well north of 30% of the time. He's a career 32% strikeout rate last year. Again, these are small numbers of plate appearances, 92 plate appearances with the Dodgers struck out 39.1% of the time. He is not exactly going to, uh, this is a feast or famine type of dude. Definitely like a walk strikeout, hit a home run type of guy, but at least somebody could hit home runs on this team. Patrick Wisdom and Edwin Rios, come on down. You are, you are responsible for the home runs. Yeah, and we're just, there's not a lot of pop on the team overall. I mean, Dansby can hit him, I guess. You know, it. it we haven't seen if it. If he really. can hit. I'm, that's, yeah. I'm being unfair. Dansby may be heating up. He did hit his first home run in spring training, finally. Yeah, no, he's he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. I mean, he's a notoriously so, slow starter. At, and um, seems just like a, I think Dansby is a solid pickup, you know, but he's, but he's not, you know, Juan Soto. <laughs> so <clears throat> Nico can hit him on, like, you got a lot of guys that can maybe hit 20, you know, like, and I'll include Hap in that too. You gotta, you might have a few dudes that can hit like between 10 and 20. And then you got Nick Madrigal who can hit zero. So, um, you know, uh, Miles Mastromoni hit zero. He's not going to hit any home runs for you, you know? And so uh, you just don't have a dude that's going to hit 40. You got a bunch of guys that can hit half of that. So, I mean, is it better to have a bunch of guys that can do it or just one guy that can do it? Maybe I kind of prefer it that this way, you know, that you'd have a bunch of dudes that could hit 20. I don't know. What do you think is better? I think I liked the team that the Cubs had in 2019 and this is not anywhere near any of that and they should have kept a, one or two of those guys and done something different than what they have done to this team I I get, really tore down yeah I mean I I get frustrated and I, I've been trying to get excited about opening day I've been trying to be like oh yes I can't wait to see Cubs baseball and frankly very little emotional attachment to any of these dudes like I really like Saya. Hap is pretty cool Nico's great. Like, I don't 
really, I, I love Christopher Morrell and I'm going to have to go watch him play in Iowa, I guess. I'm like, I, I don't care about Cody Bellinger. I, I don't care about Dansby Swanson. I don't care about Eric Hosmer. I don't really care about Edwin Rios. Like, I'm sure they're great guys and they'll grow on me, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I really hate the way Jed Hoyer has treated the players at this crown jewel of a franchise like widgets. It has made this the least exciting opening day to me in memory. There's like, I, when the Cubs signed Stroman a couple of years ago, I was excited about that. Like I knew who Marcus Stroman was. He's a fun player. He's got some attitude and some character and he shows it on the mound. And I had seen him pitch in the world baseball classic. I'm like, that's a dude I'm glad is on my team. I cannot tell you anything about Jamison Tyon other than I think the sweeper he added is pretty cool. Like I, I'm not excited about Jamison Tyon. There's nothing there that I'm like, yeah, I'm real stoked to like cheer for Jamison Tyon, man. He's great. Like there, I don't have any emotional attachment to Michael Fulmer or Brad Boxberger, any of these, not one, like there's just nothing there that I feel resonant with at all. And so I don't know, man, this is a bunch of dudes wearing Cubs uniforms who don't feel like the Cubs to me and I will go to baseball games at Wrigley Field because Wrigley Field is a cathedral of sports and there's nothing better than sitting in the sun at Wrigley Field and keeping score of a baseball game but there I have no emotional connection to the vast majority of this team and it saddens me well I mean I just went through all the guys who were on different teams so I mean we just don't know these guys and you know we were kind of ride or ride or die with your Bryants and your Baez's and your Rizzo's for you know more than half of a decade um you know even like 2019 you you mentioned that as the year you know you got Kyle Schwarber with 38 home runs <laughs> you got no one's going to do that on this team Bryant with 31 no nobody's probably going to do that on this team either then then you Baez Rizzo 29 27 Contreras with 24 like now you might be getting down to like the the team leader in home runs somewhere around the the 20 the mid 20s um bit and that's if things go well so if Cody Bellinger has a good season you're not going to really get much time to like him because he's going to get traded <laughs> To somebody who wants lefty pop, you know, and um, it would, and that'll be the right thing to do. You know, it just will be. Um, it'll be like a Jack Peterson situation and we'll hang out with Cody for a little bit and then it'll be over. You know, same thing with somebody like what kind of uh, forget what what's Trey Mancini's deal. Uh, Trey Mancini had a really great season with the Orioles a couple seasons ago. I believe he was the comeback player of the year after he had. Um, come back from cancer and had a nice season. And then last year uh, got traded to the Astros as the bat that was going to help them in a playoff run. Didn't really take off in Houston, kind of struggled a bit with the transition um, and is looking for a rebound here with the Cubs. He could be anywhere between like low side Ian Happ and, you know, I'm trying to think of who a Cub, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. He's not going to be the depths of what Cody Bellinger has become the last few seasons, but he's not going to be like the upside of even, I don't know, man. I he's, It's uninspired is what it is. <laughs> I, I more meant like what his like contract was. Like what's oh, what sorry. his deal? Not like what's the <laughs> deal, mean, like, deal with that guy? My no, like, rant really, about like, Hi, Mancini is yet another two war player yeah, who no, like, it, I it, don't it, care about. <laughs> he can opt out after 350 plate appearances. 
is is all right. it is. Otherwise, right. they're going to pay him seven million bucks. Um, so I mean, I, I'm actually curious. We're um, had having uh, Heather Linington Noble on the Sun Ranto show tomorrow night for as part of the Ranchers Roundtable, and I'm excited to ask her about uh, Trey Mancini because she's an Orioles fan, and we're we're actually going to uh, dedicate the entire show to Heather. Uh, because she has cancer, very sadly, unfortunately. And so we're going to try to raise some money for her during the show. And she's got all these requests of things that she needs right now. But um, she's also like a huge Orioles super fan. So I have questions about Trey Mancini and how he – because by all means, it's in reports, it seems like he was really a fan favorite um, everywhere he goes. Seems like a great clubhouse dude. I mean, this whole team is full of great clubhouse guys. <laughs> it just really seems that way. Um you know, all, yeah, like you said, two war dudes. And you just, it's one of those, maybe it all adds up to the greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing. If you just are solid everywhere, then it, then you can actually win games because you don't have too many holes, holes in the roster. Um, I don't know. It's it just like, for example, if you have a bunch of guys that hit 20 home runs, that's better than two guys that hit 40. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm really just asking that question. Um, what is better? You, you know, obviously, forty is better than twenty. But if you were getting forty from two dudes instead of one guy, I don't know. Maybe it's. You know, I'm just. It, it is. It's. We're starting the season. I have to think positive. It's opening day in two days. <laughs> got the Bleacher Bum Band show. I got, you know, I want to go up there and feel good. You know, at least go 1-0 and and feel like we're going to go 162-0 and <laughs> after Thursday. Hey, man, at least at least you can feel good about this team. I've tried. Like, I just, I, I've got nothing. There's not a lot to be inspired about when you're like, ah, team looks about as good as it was last year, and now it doesn't have my favorite player on it. Or any guys that I really want to cheer for. Thanks, Jed. Yeah, no, it's it's just a whole new it's a whole new brigade. So I just I don't I don't I don't get it. Um, and, and you know, I don't believe they are. I don't believe they are seriously trying to field a winning team. I think they're still not. I think they're trying to field a five hundred team that's just good enough to maybe sneak into the last wild card spot if all things go well, but they will not be like, you know, adding your Nick, the stick to this, you know, they're not going to be adding to it or spending any money or, and the weird thing is you saw Jay Hay, Jason Hayward. He made, he made (laughs) the team in LA. Now, are you telling me that like Jason Hayward resurgent season incoming? And I called it. I called it when the Cubs decided to fix Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers decided to fix Jason Hayward. And I'm telling you people, one of these plans has a much greater likelihood of succeeding and it is not the Cubs. (laughs) Well, I don't know if either plan is going to succeed. I mean, but I will say this, if you're already paying Jason Hayward and you know, you could have just kept him in center field and just, you you, you know, I, I really hope Bellinger does better than Jay Hay, but, you, you know, I mean, Jay Hayes is like a fourth outfielder to them, I think, you know, more. Of, I don't think he's your starter. I don't think he's going to start over there in L.A. Uh, hold, please. I'm, I'm going to check something really fast there. I mean, I I don't think he's going to start either, although there, he's like one guy away from potentially starting there. I just I, I just find it. He's a gold glove. 
I would rather cheer for Jason Hayward than Cody Bellinger. And it doesn't have anything to do with disliking Cody Bellinger or anything like that. It's just like, I don't know, man. I have an emotional attachment to Jason Hayward. He won a ring here. If those two dudes are going to be functionally interchangeable, don't interchange them. (laughs) I mean, I do have, I I think the ceiling for Bellinger is probably higher. I mean, he was an MVP, but Jason Hayward was a gold, is a gold glover. He probably, that glove still plays out there. I don't think he's lost to, he's still a great athlete. The bat never got fixed. But, you know, the Cubs, they ruined a lot of bats. <laughs> they ruined a lot of pitchers, too. Well, that now we're finally developing them. But, you know, Wisniewski making the rotation, which is cool as hell. I'm really happy about that. But we didn't develop Wisniewski, you know. Nope, thank you, Yankees. Yeah, that's the Yankees that did that. And they're the ones teaching the sweeper that everybody's throwing now, too. So, you know, if you look at that kind of situation, the only arm I'll give them credit for being on this team and developing probably is uh, – um, Assad. I, I was yes, uh, Justin Steele. Justin Just, Steele, yeah, develop yeah. Justin Steele, That's... but Justin Steele. I mean, there are some question marks there. Like he could be what he was last season, and that would be amazing and take another step forward. And there are moments where he looks like he might struggle with command and location, and I worry that he's going to walk too many guys and not be able to repeat what he did last year. So there's some question marks for Justin Steele. I think that I don't have for Javier Assad and Hayden Wisniewski at the moment. Well, I mean, that's been like the the Cubs even they've led the the league in walks for a while. So it makes me and been right up there for a while and it makes me kind of think that it's like MO like we're not we're going to just live on the corners, we're going to cuz they they have all these like pitch to contact dudes and now you have a much improved offense but when you you have the pitch to contact guys you're not going to get a lot of strikeouts and if you're going to be living on the margins then you're going to walk more dudes too it just it feels like like it's by design like we're not going to throw it in the strike zone to you (laughs) you know you're going to get one pitch per at bat maybe in the strike zone and that's it Um, other than that we'd rather walk you and put you on that way than have you slug it against us so um, yeah, I'm, I'm geez. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I'm looking for this season. I was actually walking around Wrigley just today and thinking about what kind of year this is going to be. And I'm like, you know what? It's, I'm looking for just dudes to take a step forward and I'm kind of looking forward to the, to the trade deadline when they can keep flipping, keep, you know, and, and I think that's what it is. It's fix and flip. And uh, yeah, it's not particularly inspiring way to uh, run a baseball team. So, and uh, did you hear Wilson Contreras is, is fixed. His defense is fixed. I mean, word from Cardinals camp. I had zero doubt that Wilson Contreras would become a plus framer with the St. Louis Cardinals. I actually think that's a function of a couple of things. Uh, One, They brought in a bunch of different catching coaches to work with him over his time in Chicago. And if you go back and look at Wilson Contreras' framing that everyone is so concerned about, uh, it actually wasn't all that terrible under Mike Borzello. Like he did a really, like not like the best job in the league, but you know, like 67, 68th percentile, totally passable um, during those times when he had a rotation that was a little bit better at hitting those corners than the rotation that he wound up with later. I think when Borzi left, uh, they wound up in a situation where Wilson was kind of on the outs and he sort of knew it. And so he decided to focus on other things and he focused on hitting and he didn't work on that framing quite as much. And it showed like it showed a lot in the numbers, but 
there is zero doubt in my mind that the St. Louis Cardinals can give Wilson Contreras tips that he will listen to and implement that will make him a much better framer and defensive catcher. There's zero doubt in my mind that Wilson Contreras, who has a much better pop time and throwing arm than Jan Gomes, Tucker Barnhart, or Luis Torrens, will gun down a ton more runners and control the running game really well with the new bags and the rules changes that have come up. There's zero doubt in my mind that when framing becomes not a thing anymore with the automated strike zone, Wilson Contreras's value as a catcher who can hit is going to skyrocket. And I just, it, it is unfathomable to me that you have a player like that in your system who grew up in your system that you could make a cup for life and extend. And you're just like totally fine letting him walk to your rival. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I hate it. And frankly, I will be cheering for Wilson anytime the there's a conflict between the Cubs and Wilson Contreras. So if that means Wilson Contreras comes up in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and I'm cheering for him to hit a home run and beat the Cubs, that's, that's what it means. Yeah. Well, he, apparently he has changed the way he receives pitches. Um, and he's getting closer to home, uh, home, at, like the, the plate and he's adjusting his mitt and just doing th- doing different things. It's all these Cardinals drills that they oh. have him doing. And uh, the word on the street from Derek Gould, you know, that guy who's the uh, the beat, uh, beat writer for St. Louis today, he, he did a whole article about how much better Wilson Contreras is <laughs> than he was on the Cubs. And he's like, he's like you're going to notice a difference as soon as you see him catch that it just looks different. So I'm actually curious to see what they have, what they did with him. Um, unfortunately it's behind a paywall. So, and, uh, I'm not <laughs> subscribing to St. Louis today, but, uh, but I did, <laughs> I, I did hear him talk about it. Um, so I am also not subscribing to St. Louis today, but yeah, I, I have zero doubt. Like I fully expect Wilson Contreras to continue to become, to be a much better player. And to absolutely torment the Cubs for the next five years. Let, let's talk. Let's end this on a high note, Danny. Let's end this on some good notes. Um, uh, we'll start with Boxberger and Fulmer. These look like the Cubs' options to close. Looks like the nod's going to go to Fulmer. He had a little bit of a rough outing on Monday, but he's been really good this spring. You know, Sarah said his stuff plus numbers were actually looking quite good this spring on an episode of Rates and Barrels that I heard earlier this week. What are you thinking about the back end of the Cubs' bullpen? I like the back end of the bullpen. I have some question marks about some of the other guys, but the back end seems solid. Oh yeah, it's the real deal, you know. I mean, these guys have a lot of experience. Um, although Fulmer pretty much blew that game yesterday, we ended up in a tie with the White Sox. He just couldn't get that last out, and um, so, but you know, he could be working on something, just throwing in there. I mean, it seemed like he just kept throwing the fastball right down the middle. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe that's just what he's trying to do tonight. Today, he doesn't care about the results. Doesn't care if we lose, and. Um, I'm just going to throw fastballs down the middle. And that's what he was doing. I mean, I like it. And I also, it's, you know, when you see Javier Assad in like the high leverage situations that he was in, in the world baseball classic, I would kind of add him to maybe not the closer list, but when you're just start to touch 97, um, I think they might be thinking him more like a starter long man kind of thing, multiple innings, but like, why can't that be at the end of the game? You know, why can't you give an Assad like a seven, eight, nine and do it with two guys. Like, you know, you have Justin Steele go out there, be careful with him, smiley five, six innings. And then, you know, 
give it to one other guy. Give it to Alzali for three. Give it to Assad for three. Give it to Keegan for two or something like that. You know, like I think you're going to see a lot more of that kind of thing. Um, I really believe it's closer by committee. I don't know if anybody has more than 20 saves on this team at the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's Fulmer's job to lose, but he could lose it, and that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest at all. I really like what you said about Assad or uh, Keegan or Alzali being kind of that two, three-inning guy. And I think particularly for Alzali and Assad, that potentially gives you a different look from what you have with a Drew Smiley or uh, Marcus Stroman if they need somebody to come in on the back end of a game. So I, I think that's really encouraging and inspiring. Uh, the best news of the week, Say Suzuki has been dry swinging. He was taking some fielding practice uh, on the backfields in Arizona. Looks like his rehab is on schedule and that he should be back at some point in April, knock on wood. I mean, obviously obliques are tricky and you don't want to rush him back or anything, but that would... Say Suzuki is like one of the only guys on this team I am very enthusiastic about and I want wonderful things for. And so I would love to see Saya back in Chicago. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, yeah, we need him. I mean, talk about somebody that maybe has the potential to hit 30 home runs on this team. Like he's probably near the top of the list for guys that could do what he did in Japan. Um, so, yeah, no, it's good, good news all around, hopefully. But I, I also really hope they don't rush him. I mean, I doubt they will. They have nothing to rush for. They're not trying to win anything. Yeah. They want Seiya Suzuki healthy later. I do think, though, that the Cubs, um, you know, Seiya came back. He probably put on 20 pounds of muscle. We have not seen what that 20 pounds of muscle can do yet. And I just, I want to see what Hulk Seiya can do. Yeah, no, I do too. No, and, and we didn't get a full year of Seiya last year either. <laughs> he was learning the league and then he um, got hurt for his finger was hurt for a good part of the year. And, you know, it just, we, we need a little say a magic. We do. Um, I did want to bring this up too, is that, you know, they, cause you were talking about the bullpen and closing options that, you know, Rowan wick for a while was a guy that the Cubs were using to close a few games here and there. And he didn't even make this team and he cleared waivers and will be in Iowa now. So he's not even going to be on the 26 man roster when they come up to Chicago. So I found that not surprising because he didn't have very good spring. It hasn't really gone all that well last couple of years for him um, on the team. So um, the other guy is Brandon Hughes, who has been, uh, he had been facing some kind of injury uh, stuff right now with his leg, I guess, but he's another one that was closing quite a few games after David Robertson was traded away too. So Anyway, I just want to bring those up because just I know I'm kind of backtracking from what you were saying before, like back into the bullpen. But but yeah, no, say uh, to get on the current subject, we need him. It's a huge hole without him. It You know, it just slots even if he's going to DH, you know, or and, you know, not play the field right now because he's, you know, hurt still a little bit or it. But it, I don't know that's probably affects your swing more that oblique, but. I mean, he is one that I, I talked about people that you don't that you don't care about seeing on this team. Say is someone I do want to see quite a bit, and Hap too. You know those oh, yeah. guys. Yeah, those guys I could still cheer for. Everybody else, I we got to get used to them. 
the corner outfield is great. I love Nico Horner. Like, I will cheer for Nico all day long. I think Nico's a great player. I think he's underrated. I think the glove plays. I think the bat plays. In fact, that's the one thing we haven't talked about here. Let's end, let's end on this high note. Uh, Jed Hoyer, congratulations on your first extension of a homegrown Cubs talent by extending Nico Horner for exactly one year beyond his arbitration years. So caps off Jed way to finally extend a player that you believe in. And I am being slightly sarcastic here, but I do find it hysterical that like, we're supposed to get jazzed about the fact that finally Hoyer has come through and extended a player. And it is one extra year of Nico Horner. I I, way to take a chance, Jed. Yeah. It's not really that much of an extension. Like that's not like, yeah, if you do, if, if you do at least like, I don't know. What would you consider an extension? Three years, maybe five extra years. So if they had, they bought it. If you had, if you were done with team control, right? So like Hap right now, I think that Hap with a three-year extension is a real thing. Although Hap would never do that because he'd just be like signing away the best part of his free agent deal because he'll probably get a five or six-year free agent deal. Um. So three seems like the bare minimum to me. Like you have to go beyond the arbitration years by about three. Uh, In this instance, what they seem to have done is they called up Nico super early in 2019 because they had that moment where Javi and Russell were both hurt and they needed a shortstop desperately. And so they called him up straight from double A. And so now what they've basically just done is they bought out his age 27 or 28 season. And now Nico hits free agency at 28 or 29 instead of, 27 or 28. I mean, I I just, it is a baby step in the right direction. And it's really hard for me to be like, well, let's throw a party because Jed Hoyer finally did an extension. Yeah, no, it's not a real, I mean, it is a technically an extension, but one year, come on. That's, that's not what we were talking about. That's not <laughs> what we were asking for. You know, I'm happy it's happening and, and it makes me, oh, it, what it makes me think is that they have a very real kind of um, clock, an internal clock with the team where if you've considered that, that extension, it brings you to what? 20, 26. Is that it? No, man, I don't have this up in front of me, Danny. Yeah, I, I, can, I can look it up here. I can look it up here real quick. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, but early, I gotta yeah earliest free agent 2026. So it brings us to 2027. Yeah. So um, this brings us to 2027. So uh, if you think of the, you know, you got Seiya Suzuki for four more years. So that is part of this next great Cubs team as they they call it. Um, so that is also what 2026. So, I mean, I think that's what you're looking at. They've got their eye on next year competing. They got a bunch of more flippers this year. You're going to have a situation where you you're the starting pitching that you're developing, um, is, you know, has a little bit more experience. You're Justin Steele's, of the world. And uh, then you also have a situation where you're those, all those left fielders and, or all those outfielders are going to be coming up and um, you know, you're maybe not your, well, uh, maybe a P Crow Armstrong. I don't know. We don't know, you know, who's going to be the guy Canario 
um, Casey is probably a wild uh, off, but you know, the, you're getting into that world where like those dudes will start coming at the same time. And then you could spend on players. Maybe, I mean, it's ridiculous that they would have a window that long out that you're like, well, maybe in 2026, it's like, dude, it's 2023. Like that's a long time from now, you know, for you to have a, another window of contention. So, but yeah, it looks like, Looks like that's what they're thinking, because it, it, you know, and then what? Another teardown, I guess. Dude, don't don't no. Then Jed Hoyer gets fired, and the Cubs get a real president of baseball operations who actually ushers in the next golden age of Cubs baseball. It's always a good sign when it's the eve of opening day, and Danny and I are talking about why we're going to wait till twenty twenty six to see a winning Cubs team. <laughs> uh, but you know, we are we are pretty. <laughs> We're good at uh, at laughing through the pessimistic moments here at Cup of Cubby Blue. Danny, where will you be on opening day uh, when the Cubs are kicking off yet another year of mediocre baseball? Well, first of all, come uh, stop by tomorrow night between 7 and 10 p.m. Central Time at, on, at Sunranto Twitter, uh, the Sunranto Facebook page, the Sunranto YouTube page, the Danny Rocket YouTube page. You find it a lot of places. And we're doing the Rancher Roundtable, which uh, unfortunately, Sarah, you can't join us for this, but we got uh, some guys from Bleacher Nation, Michael Cerami, who we talked about before, Luis Medina's coming on, Michael Cantor's coming on. Uh, we got uh, Miguel Esparza, the Spanish language broadcaster. We've got, um, oh man, a whole lot of people. I, I'm blanking on some. Uh, oh yeah. And then we got some guys from uh, very funny comedians that are fans of other teams in our division. Like uh, Eric Wheelow is a Brewers fan. He's a comedian. Zach Funk is a Pirates fan and a comedian. Uh, and we got uh, Billy DeVore, who's a Reds fan and comedian. They're coming on. So it's just going to be a really, really fun time. My Thai guy is going to stop by. Crawley will come. Stu from Club 400. So we've j- it's just an, we're just going to talk to everybody. We're going to we're going to do some uh, some B. I don't want to have explicit on the uh, on this podcast, but uh, we're going to do the B clock segment with some of these guys, which is a 30. It, it rhymes with pitch pitch clock. But we're going B clock, yeah, and it's um, and it's uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. We're gonna do that segment a little bit. We're just gonna have a lot of fun, do some over unders, get some predictions, and uh, just have a good time. And then Bleacher Bump Band on opening day at Output Lounge, so that's free. It's all free. I'm just giving away my whole life for free. So come on by. Awesome. Uh, I'm gonna see what I can do to make an appearance, but I doubt I'll be able to. I have to travel for the old day job. It's one of those things that you just can't avoid sometimes, people, but we'll we'll see what's going on. Again, be sure you are following us at the new Bleacher Bunch pod so that you get all of the Cup of Cubby Blue content, all of the Sunranto content, all of the pre and post game content that we are going to put together for you this year. You will not want to miss any of it. Make sure you are also following the Fans First Sports Network MLB feed and the Fantasy feed. You'll get a lot of great content there as well. You can follow me at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can follow Danny at, at Sunranto. And you can follow both of us at, at Bleacher Bunch Pod and at Cup of Cubby Blue. Opening season is opening day is here, y'all. Baseball season is wonderful. Opening day is a holiday. We're stoked, even though we're not optimistic. Till next time.